0: Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it
1: comes to real estate, we're all in. All
0: right, Taylor. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Uh, Yeah, Taylor Atkinson, born in Vancouver. Family moved up to Kelowna when we were pretty young. Been here pretty much ever since, other than a a short window of being overseas for about 15 years.
1: One place overseas or what?
0: No, no, about 70-odd countries. That's it. eh? Yeah, I'm happily married. Have a a great supporting wife and uh, an awesome one-year-old son and a little dog. Uh, We live in Kelowna. Love the community here. Yeah, I spent, like I said, 15 years kind of overseas, traveling, um, working as a helicopter engineer, and and meanwhile, purchasing property, kind of building my portfolio back in Canada. Yeah, you are like the king of the creative financing. Yeah, don't tell anyone that. Then I'll get these really tough deals that I got (laughs) to get across the line. They're awesome when you're the purchaser, but not the best when you're the broker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you lived overseas 15 years, like... Why? What happened? You just went to travel? You just went to see the countries or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was working in Kelowna as a helicopter engineer, had the opportunity to go overseas when I was pretty young in in my career worked in a lot of great places but generally doing like month on month off. I worked in New Guinea, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Kazakhstan, all the stands finished off in China recently. Yeah. Like I said, traveled about 30 countries, traveled a lot, my wife in Canada at a, a mutual friend's wedding and then uh, we both lived overseas for a little bit longer before before coming back home nice that is uh kind of an awesome story so how did she,
1: whose wedding was it that you met
0: Emily at yeah, as a friend on the island, so she was friends with the the bride, I was friends with the groom. And uh, I honestly I was surprised to get an invite, so you know, I just I showed up
1: serendipitous.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was really fortunate timing. I wasn't drinking at the time cuz I was I was going to do an Ironman the next week. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of my training was just sobriety. Uh, that's probably also what got me a wife. You know, I stopped drinking and there <laughs> you go. Those 15 minutes you were, so, you were sober, you got a wife. Yeah. Hey, you're you're making me sound like I'm <laughs> bruising all the time. Um, yeah. So essentially we met, we spent a few weeks together kind of traveling around Canada and then I went back overseas. I was working in Malaysia at the time. Emily was just taking kind of a hiatus from, from playing soccer professionally. So we kind of traveled a bit over Asia and, and tried to, you know, prevent becoming adults for too long. And, um, yeah, that was that was that was it. We spent a short I think it was five or six years before, you know, I just made that quick will you marry me question. So a lot of people said it was too soon, but I just disagreed. <laughs> you were together for five or six years? <laughs> before? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I not know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was about that.
1: Yeah, well. Yeah. So when did you, when you were in the stands? Were you in any war zones?
0: Yeah, um, Afghanistan was. Were you there because it was a war zone, or just yeah, just happened to be? Yeah. So we had a contract for the the U.S. Department of Defense. What? So you were the helicopter engineer for the U.S. military. Yeah, like, you know, this guy doesn't even know me. We're doing a podcast oh, together, right? Damn. Um yeah so, yeah, so I was in, yeah. I was in Afghanistan. I am I endangering my family by asking these questions? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Afghan for two years, yeah. working month on, month off. Uh, we were with a Canadian company, but we were contracted to the U.S. So we were generally just flying around, mail, some soldiers, stuff like that. Wow. Um, but yeah, really great experience. You know, I, I went there more as kind of an education didn't really come out with a, a solid opinion of the situation. Like I thought I would, but um, yeah, like a lot of those countries, it's just a great learning experience and, and you get to see a different culture. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was very interesting. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So then when you were with Emily, were you ever with her during her soccer career? Listener, if you don't know, um, Emily used what? to play soccer professionally. So after the last women's world cup in 2015, I think in Canada, that's when she basically retired and that's when we met. So I, I never really saw that part
1: of her life. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. And so then you were together and then you guys got married when 2021 or 2020?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what year what is it now? Uh, yeah, it was, it was in February 2020. I think I met you guys either right before or right after you got married. Yeah, it would have been, uh, yeah, right in that time frame actually. Because yeah. we, we went to the island and eloped. Yeah. Just Thanks couldn't be invite. Yeah, wh- hence <laughs> hence elope. Um, yeah, we didn't tell anyone, and it was it was great that way. Secretly, I loved it. Yeah. Covid kind of cancelled our wedding for two years in a row, and yeah, thank. So you your really wedding did get covid. So yeah, that must have been twenty twenty one then. Uh, well, my wedding didn't get covid, but no, no, sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: covidized.
0: Yeah, covid. Yeah, we we had to postpone and postpone, and then finally we just said screw it. You know, you that, can't stop love. Yeah, that is funny. That so a friend of mine.
1: He also had two weddings canceled. So he had big weddings. We so had 110 or 100 in the hundreds. Wait, with two different wives? No, <laughs> two different cancellations. And then the third wedding, the venue they picked would allow them during COVID, but they could only have 50 people. Uh-huh. So he sent all the people, uh-huh. 100 and something people, his invitation. But then he had to send reverse, oh, what bad. are they called? Reverse invitations? Yeah. So, so where you so did, did you fall? I, I was right in the, I was in the original. So I got the original. Oh, you were 49th uh, and 50th. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. So it
0: was uh, yeah, very funny situation, not an enviable situation. Yeah, that would be tough. So that did,
1: if you elope,
0: you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, and that's that part of the reason. But um, yeah, we had a great time. Salt Spring Island, little, yeah. little wood fire cabin, and uh, just us and our dog. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. So was it literally just you two? Yeah, and then a photographer who was also the witness, and yeah. she brought her mom as the witness. We didn't obviously know them. And then the, the guy that we said I do's with. Wow. So did you did you find him there or did you pre-arrange that? Yeah. E- Emily was really in charge of all this. I don't even know where our marriage certificate is, but it, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> you got the who down and that's the most important. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Yeah. That was my role. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Actually, we, we got engaged in Morocco. Um, yeah. So like, I was trying to get engaged forever, you know, everybody knows that, but yeah, I had this ring with me for, for a couple months and then, uh, we went backpacking kind of, we were doing a trip around Africa and Europe Yeah, and, uh, I think she thought that we like, I was going to originally propose on that trip. And then after a few weeks, she was like, there's no way he's carrying around (laughs) a ring (laughs) like in a backpack in hostels expect. And then, so she just gave up on it. So I threw the ring in a wetsuit and, uh, we were surfing that day. So I, I paddled out with the ring in my wetsuit and I figured, you know what, if the ring falls out, that's just fate. Like it won't happen. (laughs) And anyway, so when I got past the break, the ring was still there and I, I called her over and yeah, we got put the ring on the wrong hand out there. (laughs) Um, that's gotta be her mistake. Cause if you ask, absolutely. She gave me the wrong hand. Yeah. Her mistake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that might've happened with my wife too
0: yeah, yeah. So did, did you have a pocket in your wetsuit no i just i literally put it up my sleeve holy shit dude that is dangerous i know and i couldn't get insurance on the ring at the time I either. So.
1: i wouldn't insure you either
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: well that's when i got married we got married in tofino and i had a ring i had to carry this ring for like 12 hours i can't imagine weeks but my mother-in-law sewed it into my underwear, like (laughs) literally permanently sewed. So before we got to Tofino and then we were walking around on the beach, I wanted to do a moonlit on the beach, which I did, which was wicked. But I had to figure out how to cut it out of my boxers before. And so then I what? was only freewheeling for only like 20 minutes and I still couldn't handle that. So I could not imagine when it went.
0: So. Why, sir, why did it have to get sewn into the boxers? Like so I you wouldn't got lose in those it. pockets? I was
1: So I wouldn't lose it. And I was like, we were not doing anything except for getting in the car and driving to Tofino. From here, it takes like, what, 12 hours or something? Yeah. It, well, depending on the fire and stuff. So uh, my mother-in-law... So and she myself. obviously knew you were like, hey, I'm, you know, you got permission. My mother in law? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got permission. And then yeah. we went and we actually went and picked out the ring together. It was kind of nice. Oh, cool. And then, so she did that. So we, I told her my plan. So she helped me do it. So I had that thing. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> I didn't lose myself. So, he, like, Becca wasn't, it didn't raise any flags being no, like, no. why is no. Matt carrying around a pair no. of scissors in his pocket? Like, I don't have any scissors. how
1: are you? Yeah.
0: just had to use my teeth. Just no, get just a, a shell on the beach and just start. Cutting it out? Yeah.
1: No. I had a rib removed, similar to Marilyn Manson, but for this situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, listener.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we went there. Yeah. But uh, no, I got that. I, I can't remember how I opened it, but it was something to do with a shell, maybe a rock. But I got it out, walked on the beach, and yeah, did the thing. It was awesome. I think she put out her wrong hand, too. Right on. So how did you get into... Real estate investing. How did you get into real estate? What was the first purchase you bought?
0: Yeah. So when I was working uh, years ago, surrounded by some helicopter guys, they kind of coached me through, you know, how to build wealth and and real estate was one of those asset classes that they, you know, heavily.
1: So you started to learn about real estate before you even bought real estate?
0: Yeah. They gave me the rich dad, poor dad book, um, which, you know, if no one's read, they they definitely should. It's super easy. Everybody should read that book. It just makes it so basic. Yeah. Make the basic, Yeah, basic yeah.
1: concepts like just sort of like revolutionary.
0: So yeah, gave, gave that a couple reads and um, thought, you know what? I want passive income. I don't want to work for the rest of my life. You know, Canadian dream. How old are you when you thought that? That was probably like 17. Oh well, my God. God. Yeah. That but like I, for you, I, I came from a, a family of four kids, single mom, you know, dad passed away when we were younger. And so we had a great life growing up, but still had to kind of work. So I, I had a good work ethic, you know, started working when I was young and just figured, yeah, I wanted that passive income. And growing up in Kelowna, like real estate's just always been a top performing industry, right? It's like tourism, wine, and real estate. Yeah, no doubt. That's good for you.
1: Like what am I just a slow learner or naive? Because I just, I felt like I had to get smashed in the face with a baseball bat before I realized. <laughs> I didn't, it did not, like I had real estate before I even realized it was making me money. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My dad always said, you have to own things to get ahead in life, right? So you have to own things. So I always knew real estate, you have to own, like why pay someone else's mortgage, but doesn't, didn't really sink in with me. And then Mm -hmm. like, or a business or a patent or like something, he always said, you got to own something. Yeah. So I never really took that to heart until a few years after my first real estate First, owning my first house, that I didn't realize, like, holy shit, this is what you need to do. Yeah. So I always tell people, if I would have known this when I was 23... I'd be at a fundamentally different position now, but knowing that when you're 17, like my God, dude, good for you.
0: Yeah, I don't think it it really sunk in until years years later. But um, yeah, the first property was actually brought to me by a, a friend of mine. So we were both young. His stepmom had this property under contract. It was uh, actually at the Verve, okay. so new construction at that point. She just wanted some some help for the closing costs, so she basically cut up the deal and said, you know you 25%, you 25%, her 50% if we brought in some of those closing costs. And so we ran that and managed that. Like him and I kind of managed those tenants for the first couple of years. Did really well. And then the market started to correct in in 2008 and we we kind of missed selling it. So we didn't really make any money on it, but it was a great experience. And then after that, like I I bought my own condo to live in. Sorry, did you sell, you sold that property? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Don't love selling properties. but Yeah. that's a. have learned that lesson the hard way too late. Yeah. Cool. And, and realistically, there was no reason to sell it. It yeah. was just, you just did because you could. Yeah. It's just yeah. A, a young decision. So, yeah, after that, made another error, you know, in 2008, buying more condos. So, bought another one. Arguably the worst time you could buy a condo in the last, you know, 15 years. Uh, but that property did great. Like, you know, I had tenants in it forever. They paid my mortgage, didn't really cash flow a lot, but just kept chipping away at it and sold that last year. I think I bought it for 300 sold it for 450 and that was when you could put 5% down. So I put 5% down over a three-month period, so basically 5000 bucks every month for three months until the developer let me have it. Yeah, so that was kind of how things started.
1: That is honestly amazing. You buy that 5000 it goes up 150000 you bought it in like, a historically the worst time. You could yeah.
0: And that's what I tell people right now, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's, it's, it could be the bottom. It could be a, a correction. And it's like, yeah. Well,
1: judging by my TikTok comments, the world's going to end in about three days, but. Oh God, we better get this released fast then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Time's ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. So that's like, what percentage is that? Like, I got mean, not I don't know what kind of percent that is, but like, it's a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, realistically over a 10 year period, like real estate's doubled in Kelowna. Yeah. Um, you know, mine was, essentially half of that, yeah. but it's different asset classes, right? Like buying a pre-built condo in, in that time frame, there was a lot of surplus on the market, but still to get a $150,000 return on $15,000, you know, it was, it's a no brainer, right? If you, if you ask someone that now, they'd obviously go back and answer yes. But at the time it's a tough decision to make.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously hindsight
0: is 2020 good for you. That's uh so then what happened after you sold that, you decided to buy your own? Yeah. So I kind of, I was on pause for a little while again, for no reason. I just didn't know the power of real estate, I guess. Yeah. Was working overseas. Probably a little scared after the 2008 thing. Yeah. No, I I wasn't really. I just, I was overseas. I was renting my place out to friends, family who it was like a revolving door of people. It worked out fine for me. I didn't really care about it that much. I was enjoying living in a hostel, living out of a bag, yeah. became a resident of Panama. So, like, you know, 0% tax for foreign income did, did that whole kind of overseas lifestyle. And then as I started to think about it, I thought, okay, the, the next step in real estate is logically multifamily you know, you definitely go from a $300,000 condo to a 23 unit multifamily <laughs> place that you've never seen before. Yeah, never yeah. So, um, again, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Found this property, made an offer on it. I wasn't represented by a realtor. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, pick your house later. yeah, no, seriously. Someone should have, cause like he said, it doesn't cost you anything on the purchase, but yeah, it, they, I'm sure they could have saved me. That some deal, negotiating. Yeah. But that deal was like quite like you had some seriously creative financing for that, didn't you? Yeah. So I brought to the table, you know, my own money, obviously, but then I did a partial syndication mostly by promissory notes. So bringing in investors, um, I provided them with like 11 or 12% return on investment paid out quarterly. And I was able to pay them out faster because the building performed pretty well so they did well and i, I was able to get into that so, asset class how did you learn how to do that like how did you even start to do that i don't know you know you listen to these podcasts like these two idiots recording a podcast yeah, in yeah. someone's basement and you you just hear about these things and then you think it's possible and it's like a one percent chance that this stuff actually kind of happens but i don't know uh, a lot higher than that you're, you're doing it so, <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly that's saying something um yeah yeah and that it really was just you know i remember emily like this is just when we were kind of starting our relationship as well and she's like what are you doing like what what do you mean like where are you going to get the money from i'm like i don't know the guys on bigger pockets always tell me if you just if you can find the
1: deal the money will just come it's kind of that sounds hilarious to say but it does kind of work out
0: that way mm-hmm. right like people want to make money
1: and they don't want to do it
0: so you can kind of yeah, and I, I think those investors, the, most of them, wanted to to ride the wave. They wanted to be involved in it, and I would love to do that. You know, you're structuring a business that I would rather promise someone something in return instead of just saying like, "Here's a know, percentage of whatever I make." Yeah, like I was in when I closed on that property. I was in Colombia, crossing the border into Ecuador. We were doing suitcase like on your back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was doing a, a mountaineering trip. Don't there. ask what was in the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, that's how I paid for it. Yeah. 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 yeah, So like coffee beans, obviously coffee's big, big product down there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like I I traveled across the border. We're doing a mountaineering trip with a, a good buddy of mine. I had like seven bucks in my pocket because I was literally like everything was maxed out to make sure this property closed. And then the washing machine broke on like day one because someone threw some carpenter nails in it and it just destroyed the barrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The tenant class wasn't ideal, but you know, it, it just it kept going along. I kept paying the bills and, and, you know, it just started to perform better and better. It wasn't actually until like somebody passed away in the building that we had to renovate one of the units and then once we renovated it it was obviously more attractive to a different tenant class and we saw some opportunity to kind of lift those units cosmetically and provide a better place for people to live so sorry joe he was a great guy but yeah he's in a better place yeah sounds like it yeah that so
1: that where was that that was in the
0: yeah. right? Yeah. So that's in Creston. Still have that property. Nice. Um, so have you that. renovated all the units now? Yeah. So we've renovated 20 of the units, uh, replaced all the patio doors and railings. So spent a lot of money on it. Spent a lot of work. I've been out there a few times myself. But there was such a value add, like on commercial real estate, you know, it's so easy to increase the NOI and that's just reflective on the the value of it, Yeah. To, you know, based on the cap rate at so the time. is it all residential units? Those are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. And then shortly after that, bought a single family place in Kelowna. So it's split level up and down. Family member lives upstairs and, and downstairs. We we rented out. And then again, pretty much a year after that, there was a, a great opportunity in Vernon, a uh, 46 strata unit building and 43 of the strata units were for sale. That was a pretty creative deal as well. So it, it got brought to me by a, a friend of mine who's a realtor. I was in China at the time. And you know, I said, I I can review this real quick. I'm just jumping on a plane. And by the time I landed, it was like an hour. I gave him a call. I said, I'd love to make it work, but I, like financially I can't come up with that down payment unless there's gonna be a vendor take back. So it was really cool how we, we structured the deal cause there was 13 residential units and 33 commercial. So we did the 33 commercial on a um a conventional mortgage through a local credit union. And then we did the 13 residential on a vendor take back, meaning that the the seller of the building had enough equity that he could essentially like carry the mortgage for me. And they were great terms. Like, well, nowadays they're great terms. Then everyone thought they were okay, but it was four percent interest only payments. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was insane. There must have been, was there 46 different titles? That's, yeah.
1: So that yeah. that would make sense then. He could use the equity in those.
0: Yeah. uh, So we, that's what I mean. So we did the 33 titles purchased on the commercial and we did that through a conventional mortgage and we weighted the residential units like with a bit more value. So when I went to the bank with the commercial units that were slightly undervalued, it was, it was more appealing to the bank. And then the vendor take back on the 13 bought those with him with no real planned exit strategy other than I'll just slowly build equity and and save up some money and I'll pay him out maybe after five years. But when we came home, Emily and I, moved to vernon we lived in one of the units we should have put it on uh, home and garden television because like it was every day was a pretty good laugh but yeah we physically lived there we we got there 300 square feet blow up mattress a lawn chair and some tools and we just started renovating so we we essentially you know evicted most of the tenants gave them first right of refusal so a lot of those tenants moved back in for a higher rate obviously but yeah really added just a beautiful design by Emily and um, a lot of a lot of work by both of us. But yeah, after eight months, we renovated all 13 units, tiled bathrooms, um, backsplash, everything, new vanities, like like pretty good upgrades and uh, essentially doubled the rents, which pretty much doubled the value. Could then go to the bank, do a refi, pull out a bunch of that equity, pay off the vendor take back and have a bit of cash in our pocket to just roll that over in, into more properties. Damn. So you did all that and you
1: during that deal, you were not even in Canada, you were in China. No, we were. This is when we just got back to Canada. Oh, so we- you gave me the deal on your way home.
0: No, I bought this four years ago, I guess. Okay. Um, so bought it when I was in China, Yeah. flew back and looked at it over the holidays, and then flew back to China. And actually, during when it was closing, the bank said that I could sign the paperwork from being overseas. And then um, like it change three days before, they were like, no, you need to be in Canada. So we, we scrambled. I was literally going to get on a plane to come back and meet my lawyer at the airport. And then I was able to find a lawyer in Shanghai who was licensed in Canada. Oh, nice. So I was able to sign in front of him and then you know, FedEx, the paperwork back. Wow. Uh, so yeah, a lot of creativity with that specific deal, but the, I mean, there was a huge lift on equity there. There's a, obviously a lot of sweat equity and, mm-hmm. and a lot of capital that we put into it. It's kind of nice though, when you get to know your property intimately like that. Totally. Yeah, it does. Like I wouldn't suggest it to continue to scale. Obviously there's yeah. so much time yeah. you can spend doing that. And it was a little bit annoying when tenants were knocking on the door at like 11 at night saying their toilet was backed up and I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I know that's your fault. Like get a plunger, but like, so it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was a good laugh, but we had a great relationship with everyone there. Like, you know, we brought them rum and eggnog at Christmas time and it was just, it was fun. And then on the commercial side, like we've seen a great response by tenants by putting money back into the building yeah. and yeah, I have an awesome property manager out there that, that really looks after things for me. So kind of lets me focus on nice. other things. So you're going to keep that one for the long-term? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the one in Creston, you're going to keep for the long-term here? Yeah, I don't know. If uh if listeners interested in making an offer, um, I mean, we've kind of done what we needed to do value add wise. Yeah. I don't think there's many more opportunities that I can take advantage of with that. So it cash flows great. Like it's hard to let go. I never want to sell properties, but I am looking at, you know, repositioning that asset elsewhere, specifically more in the Okanagan. Just yeah. it's nicer to be closer to home. And that property that we bought. You know, the single family, that split level, we're just doing the DP on that now. So, we're subdividing it and hopefully build this spring. Yeah, if the city of West Kelowna can, can get me some paperwork, hopefully the city planners listening to this podcast. Um, Let's have them on, episode two. Yeah. West Kelowna city planner. Yeah. Did you get my 20 bucks I left at your door? <laughs> Come on. So, I mean, yeah, ideally, you know, sink some capital into that. It would be a really fun project to build. And the way I kind of justified the numbers, like there's not a huge cash out for me on that property but we bought the first one for 660 call it i'm gonna build this next one for about a million so i'll be into it for a million six that gives me four doors because this new build's going to be a split level two with a, a legal suite yeah you know, so that's 400 grand a door for single family. Like you can't find that in Kelowna yeah, no. and then the return on investment, like they're going to rent for about 2,500 a month. So again, anything you can buy for 400, that's going to rent for 2,500, like really hard to find those. So that's kind of the plan. And if we, if we sell that we do, but at the end of the day, like it's just a fun educational project to be part of. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And then kind of in between those, we've, we've bought some Airbnbs, we've done some joint ventures, one of them went terribly wrong, one of them went terribly right. Learned some lessons there and yeah, just just constantly kind of working on the portfolio yeah. and hopefully done our addition renovation on our own house pretty soon. So yep. drive by that all the time, looking better every day. Yeah. So Emily also has some places on the island, or she didn't, does she still? Yeah, yeah, she does. So nice. yeah, she bought two condos on the island yeah. years ago. Yeah. Well, not years ago, but like say four four years ago and two years ago, one for like 100 grand. And now I think it's at probably 250 and the other one's similar. And we just sold that a few months ago. Oh, nice. um, and again, we weren't selling these properties because... We we're trying to time the market. We we're just selling it because we we're repositioning asset classes. So yeah. sinking a lot of money into doing the addition and our, our renovation at our house. But um, yeah, she's done well on the island. And same thing, like long distance investing, bought the property without even walking through it. I think her her sister walked through it for her, uh, managed tenants from overseas. And again, there's horror stories. Like think she had a tenant in there for three months, couldn't get rid of, had to take him to arbitration and there, there's always a headache. I don't want to like paint the picture that things are perfect. Same as I'm sure you've got tons of stories. nothing has been perfect. Yeah. We, we can start a whole new podcast about that. Yeah. Long distance investing has been kind of our, our backbone of our portfolio and, and multifamily. And yeah, so we've kind of experienced a little bit of everything and just continuing to build that portfolio. So you do you want us to just go strictly in Okanagan now? Or are you going to still do long distance? Mm, I think we'd we'd like to be spread out over BC. Yeah. Like we like BC. Although the cost of doing business in BC is pretty high. Like Property transfer. And pretty slow as you Yeah. earlier. Yeah. But I think like buying maybe a, an Airbnb property on the island somewhere. So when we go there, we can visit. But still a good market.
1: Yeah. That's what we want to do too. We did that. We went and looked at some. When was that? In the summer, I think. But
0: I think we will end up doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what, you looking at any specific areas?
1: Well, we like we like Victoria. We stayed in Oak Bay Hotel. Yeah, and that was just fantastic staying there. So we looked around there, but like then we went to um, Salt Spring Island, went and drove around the whole island. Beautiful. We're looking at properties there. So no, we're not really specific to one area. But I would like to be on the ocean. Like I love having coffee on the deck and seeing a seal or deer or not deer. uh, Whales. Yeah. Right? Like those similar deer. Yeah, deer. Yeah. Deer outside my window right now. But not uh no, there (laughs) isn't. Yeah. like I love, we love the island lifestyle. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to live there full time, but I would definitely love to go there at least once a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like, we go there frequently because Emily's from there and her yeah. family's there, yeah. but yeah, I love the area. And I think year round as an Airbnb, you do really well. Yeah. And you could still have the flexibility stay of there. going there yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a,
1: uh, like they do that a lot of big white, like I've sold some properties at big white where you buy the property. It makes money when you're not there. But then when you go there, you just stay there for free. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's an awesome option for people.
0: Yeah, and that's the difficulty with Kelowna right now with the Airbnb bylaws, right? Like, it doesn't really allow you that flexibility unless you're in a specific condo that the bylaws allow that. So, yeah, we're starting to look at those other kinds of markets. Happy to go anywhere as long as the the return on investments there. But yeah, I think probably like the reason I went to Crescent in the first place was that it was a higher cap, so the cap rate it made more money, it was yeah, a better yeah. investment cash flow wise. And I needed that to kind of get the snowball going, yep. but now that we have some experience and some cash flow to back it, we can kind of reposition to cap rates where they're a bit lower, and maybe the cash flow isn't as good, but that comes with a better tenant class and easier to manage, and you way know. better appreciation over long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of the quick summary of of it all. I'm still fully immersed in it. Like I. I yeah, so how's your business managers. going? Like how's your uh, mortgage broker? Good. Mortgage good. Like yeah. Good. Yeah. Really good. It was a super busy summer. Had a bunch of fun clients, a lot of refis, rentals. Yeah. Some switches to primary residence. It's obviously cooled off a little bit now. Bank of Canada is definitely not helping. Trying their hardest. Yeah. So we're recording this on December 7th, probably be released in January, but uh, yeah. Bank of Canada just hit us with another 0.5 increase. Probably the last one, though. I think this is probably going to be the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there
1: there might be one more, but I think it'll be a quarter percent. And then after that, I'm pretty sure it's going to flatten out.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're kind of estimating like cumulatively between 0.5 and 0.75 over the next two announcements. and. Yeah, I think like inflation lags so much of the Bank of Canada's announcements that it's finally starting to catch up with us, right? It, it lags by about nine months, and they really started to hit us with these increases you know, about yeah. nine months ago. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see it plateauing. Obviously, economists are kind of predicting a similar; it's going to plateau during 2023 and, and peter off, and at the end of 2023. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like those same economists made predictions, you know, a year ago that we we're going to be in this low interest rate environment for a while. Well, the bank kind of said it; they said yeah. they're going to be low yeah. interest till 2023. So it's yeah. yeah. I mean, we all kind of got stuck in a lull, knowing that yeah. everyone knew it was coming; just happened a little quicker. Yeah. And we were spoiled. We were at super low interest rates.
1: Yeah. I, like they probably should have started raising them slower earlier, earlier. Yeah. They need to do more proactive instead of reactive and, and less volatile yeah. adjustments. Because it was so obvious to everybody. When you go to a house and there's like a, you have a five hour showing window and there's a lineup of realtors and their client, clients outside all day for two days in a row. And then the property gets like 40 offers. Yeah. It's like, okay, something has to happen. It's because it's just not a
0: sustainable way to just for the listener to know Matt and I, we do have resumes in with the bank of Canada. Like we obviously know the (laughs) solutions. So we don't worry. Like we will be there soon. We'll take care of it. We we know all the answers. answers. Yeah. So your mortgage broking is going pretty well. Yeah, um, what's, is that kind of your focus right now is just building that business or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So really diving into, to building the mortgage clientele and just being able, I mean,
1: obviously your main focus is building this pod- podcast, but secondly, <laughs> secondly is the mortgage broker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, you know, I get an application and I'm dropping the mic real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. The the podcast is just to to speak to people that, you know, we generally don't get to speak with and, yeah. and to sit yeah. down with each other and and have have fun with it and yeah. be part of the community. You, have you been having fun this whole time? No. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the secret there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good for you. So are you are you planning on like I know you're gonna do that build, you're gonna
0: subdivide your lot, you're gonna do that in the new year, and then anything else you got on, big on the horizon? Nothing big. No, no, I'm doing uh, just some, some project management on some of the property in Vernon, doing some upgrades and stuff there. And I'm just tweaking systems a little bit, but uh, I'm definitely looking for opportunities in the next 12 to 18 months. Like I think we are in the lower part of the market. I don't want to be buying on the bounce. I want to buy before it bounces. Like I'm okay buying and it still drops 10%. I just, I don't want to go in you know, subject free with 10 other other offers, I'd rather buy and lose, you know, 50 grand on the purchase price, but buy it on my terms. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking actively to scale the portfolio nice for sure. Yeah. I think it's, I think this is a good
1: time. I think 2023 is going to be a, it's going to make a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. What is your
0: favorite habit you've started recently? I wouldn't say it's recently, but uh, just getting up early. Uh, if, if I'm not up early and, and being proactive and productive, what's early like nine, <laughs> yeah yeah out out in mckinley it's about nine yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little um, slow around here yeah no I, I i would say in the summertime probably like 4 35 4 30 430. yeah in the wintertime it's it's hard when it's dark and it's cold outside but is um, it sunny in the in the summer at 4 30 in the morning or is it dark still uh, yeah sun comes up pretty quick yeah i'd say around five early five oh. so yeah if i can get up early and i mean I've got a one-year-old that like he's up at six thirty. So if I can get like an hour, an hour and a half of work in before yeah. he's up, yeah, I can at least like feel good about the day. Yeah, but um, yeah, I would say just just getting up early and being. I love you know, that. I fun. love getting up early before
1: everyone else. Before I let my dog out of his creek. So nice to have a peaceful house before uh, mayhem. Rose. So, yeah yeah good for you that's oh. a good one we're gonna lose listeners a dog's in a crate he doesn't sleep in bed with you uh, on, i wish our last dog our other dog sleeps right beside me this dog he loves his crate can't take it away <laughs> more his decision than ours oh yeah yeah no the, the door's open on the crate yeah. for sure no yeah. no it's, not. it's <laughs> <laughs> Uh okay what is your the favorite thing you bought for under five thousand
0: I'm gonna say uh, this podcast equipment. I'm, yes. I'm pretty stoked with the turnout of it. Yeah. Hopefully it sounds it's good. It's not even all here yet, is it? I don't know. I think we're getting pretty close. Didn't we? Don't we have another mic in order? Right. Yeah. Another mic. Because, guys, guess what? We are gonna bring on guests. It's <laughs> not just gonna be us. I know how um, much you love it, but yeah. So yeah, once we get that that other mic, you guys will be blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait
1: for it. If you could purchase property in the Okanagan, um, what and where would you buy it? Yeah,
0: okay. I'll I'll split the question up much like I think you did for rental and kind of my own yeah, okay. primary use. Yeah. Um, dying to get a property at Big White. You know, I just want to be up there in the winter time. I and, to- oh. Yeah. I, I just can. Yeah. I think it's under contract. It? It is. It is, yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to be at Big White. I think. Yeah, being able to do a couple laps and go inside and and yeah, it'd be nice to be up there for the winter. And then as an investment. I still love multifamily, but I think some real opportunity lies in the buying the infill properties. And by that, I mean buying a property that allows you to subdivide it. There's a huge equity lift there if you can pull it off, but it's not for every investor. There's not going to be a ton of cash flow there, but if you could essentially buy a property, rent it out, cover some of the expenses, and then two, three years down the road, once you're done that subdivision, there's some, some exit strategies. So I think moving forward, that'd be nice to kind of build up that. Are you going to do that downtown Cologne or like in the downtown or just anywhere? I, I think anywhere. I mean, obviously downtown's a pretty hot market for those type yeah. of properties. You get a lot well, of, well, they have been the most zoning friendly. Yeah. I think that's changing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't really, to be honest, looked at the OCP that much down there other than I know the RU six, RU seven lots. Like they're, they're just, it's like everyone lists them with that value add. Well no. but I, I think like the cost to carry that property is going to be that much more. So like the property in West Kelowna, I, I think, you know, you could buy it for a much less value, still have the rent cover the expenses and, and be able to subdivide it and see that lift in the future. So yeah, we'll see. It's mostly at that
1: point just for the experience. But yeah, those would be the two properties. That's awesome. I know that also the zoning is changing for for um, duplexes that you can have suites and duplexes. Yeah. And that, probably they're going to have uh so that's like, if you buy a full duplex, you can have, it could be a duplex to a fourplex pretty quick yeah
0: and they should like you need to densify they should. it's no
1: sense to you they're half of them already have suites you might as well not make it everyone feel like criminals for doing it. <laughs> yeah seriously they're already happening so yeah. yeah that's a good one that is a also i think actually legal suites are going to
0: become easier to do too agree. like do you mean on the build or converting converting yeah i i was recently on another podcast i know sorry i'm i'm Double dipping. Um, but that was crazy. one of his questions was like the cost to convert an illegal suite to legal. And, you know, if there's an opportunity for investments there, I don't know. I mean, maybe in this market, there would be if things are slower. But I think, you know, six, 12 months ago, no one cared if it was legal.
1: People like, still know that. Yeah, people still don't care if it's legal. Like A yeah. tenant is not going to be like, is this a legal suite? Because it makes literally no difference to them but it does make a difference for lending right does it make a difference at all
0: uh no as long as it's it's acceptable to the lender and mostly that just comes down to the appraisal and you need to have like a separate entrance essentially i've had appraisals come in where they've they've said they're not conforming but they'll still accept the the rental income yeah, that's totally fine. And it, I think on, statistically for new builds, like 30% of new builds now have legal suites in them yeah. in the Okanagan. So builders obviously know that's the way forward. And it, and also they can charge – like buyers can just buy them easier. Yeah. Right? Because they can
1: use the rental income of the suite to qualify for a yeah. mortgage. Yeah. So like, as a builder, it makes no sense to not have – I've seen like in McKinley Beach, a lot of these places – and. They have, they build them, but they make them so that if you just open the door, they are really fluid
0: spots that you can use for the upstairs or you can have it as a suite. Yeah. And that's, that's the only real like black and white of the lending is it has to be separated and it has to be like, I mean, a lockable door, but it has to really indicate to the appraiser that, you know, Hey, this is a separate dwelling, Yeah. whether it's legal or not is, is kind of up to them to decide the market value of that.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice.
0: What is one positive change you could make to the world and what would it be? I I would think small movements. So uh, we just did a a annual Christmas party, a charity fundraiser. Yeah, which was Uh, awesome. Yeah. So you were there. We had, you know, 50 uh, guests and we hosted it at Barn Owl Brewery down in the lower mission. Love the brewery. Guys there are, are amazing. Sorry for the mess, guys. Yeah. Essentially, we just wanted to create some awareness that there are people in need and we were able to fundraise $1,300 through KCR, so Kelowna Community Resources. And yeah, 100% of proceeds went there. So just trying to be conscious of of making those, those small changes in life. Yeah. Great night. Um, shuffleboard organizer was a bit of a weird cat. <laughs> Hey, we had to, we had to move the game along. Like we were on a time limit there, <laughs> oh, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was I a forgot lot of fun. That you know. Yeah. So yeah. Looking for, yeah. Looking forward to next year already. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're invited. <laughs> um, what,
1: uh, are you a wine or beer drinker?
0: Uh, both at the same time. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Definitely. No, I, I, yeah, I do love them both, but, um, I'm probably more of a beer guy, okay. uh, hazy IPA, wheat beer, that kind of stuff. Okay. Here's a question for you. Does it depend the time of year. Uh, I thought you were gonna say time of day. Um no not not That's really, like, oh. man. Yeah, I do I don't really discriminate. I would you say don't? I would say in the summertime like red wine doesn't come out as often. I was gonna say like I love
1: like a dark rich red wine, but like on a 35 degree day on a patio, yeah not what I'm gonna be
0: ordering. No, I mean I'm not too proud to say I like rose. Throw throw me some rose in the summertime. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I won't judge you but I also probably won't order that. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, are you a summer or a winter dude? You know, I know you're like a four seasons guys. Yeah. Uh, guy. Guy, I, I don't like the shoulder seasons. Like, get you don't rid of, no. Get rid of fall like, and spring. When I see those new flowers in the spring. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, man. Like, bring on the heat or bring on the snow.
1: <laughs> the I don't birds, really, uh,
0: nothing like the birds chirping to ruin my day. I mean, the birds are out in the summer. <laughs> I'm I, I like the summer, but uh, I probably, uh, I feel, ah, it's a tough one. I feel more energetic, like snowboarding in the wintertime, nice, yeah. cold, fresh air. Yeah, that's nice. You know, shakes off those, those hazy what about What about snowboarding in March in a t-shirt? Yeah, but then the snow's not that great. Oh, my God. I know. I'm tough, please. <laughs> yeah. I, so to answer your question, yes, both. Both. Yeah. All right. Sweet. What can our community do to help you? Um, yeah, just, just like, subscribe, listen, give, give feedback. Definitely. Um, yeah. maybe throw us a few private comments, like don't be too harsh, uh, in the public eye, you know, yeah. we've got feelings too, but, um, just lay it on us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, learn. tell us how to improve. Tell us what guests you want to be, uh, or you want to hear yeah. if you have guests that, or if you are a guest that you think you should be on the show, throw your hand. Up. Yeah. Let's get there. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.